Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast. The only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips, whilst at the same time giving you a fantastic musical playlist each week of the best alternative music out there. Um, that's you can then listen to on Spotify. I'll be sharing out the link on Spotify afterwards for the music. So, yeah, what a week we had last week. Um, it was uh, another cracking Sunday on the PGA Tour. We looked like we might be set for, shall we say, another sort of stroll in the park. Um, second week running, we had a leader who was looking like they were going to get the job done quite comfortably. Obviously, we had Neiman last week, and yesterday it was Daniel Berger's turn to be cruising off into the sunset, seemingly. He started yesterday with a five-shot lead, um, and um, yeah, he managed to turn into a completely different player overnight. And so the Daniel Berger we thought we were going to see yesterday wasn't the Daniel Berger we did see. Uh, and then it looked like Shane Lowry was going to take advantage because uh, he was the obvious man there. But it was Seth Stracker, the Austrian, who came through. So... Well, I don't know how many people thought foresaw that coming yesterday. I know there was a couple of people who backed Stracker who were very uh, uh, happy afterwards. But as a whole, I think he was a little bit of a shock winner. But uh, it was great to see him get his first PGA Tour title. So uh, another one for the Georgia crew. Anyway, we have some guests this week. Well, we always have some guests this week. And um, we have the uh, Torval and Dean, or the Morecambe and Wise of the Golf Betting Podcast Arena. Uh, we have Tom Jacobs and Jason Daniels from the Lost Words Pod. Um, I know Mondays is incredibly busy for them, so I'm delighted that they've uh, taken the time to join us. Uh, gentlemen, I'm not sure if you're both there yet, or one of you, but um, speak to me, one of you. Who, who, who's I'm, with? I'm here, I'm here, Martin, and I hope I'm the wise half of the team. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, is, is Morecambe there? Jason, any sign of you? <laughs> is there anybody there? Oh, yeah, yeah, they, there, there you are. What, what do you prefer? The Morecambe Wise, the Starsky and Hutch, the Torval and no, Dean? No, I was trying I to think of some I double acts. I prefer the Staten and all for the two the old geezers out of um, <laughs> Deal and Skinner, to be honest. No, not Deal and Skinner, but uh, Newman and Badil. Newman and Badil, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I thought they were the Muppets, actually, the Statler and Waldorf, weren't yeah, they? Statler yeah, Statler and Waldorf were yeah. out of there, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, were out of there, so. but, but um, you know, I anyway, really. well, any, whatever any, you any are. Any miserable git will do, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, whoever you are, it's um, fantastic to have you both on, gents. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, oh, thank and, you very much. Uh, yeah, you've um, been kind enough to have me on your pod in the years gone by. And, um, yeah, it's marvellous to now um, be ha having you uh, on here to join me. So, uh, um, yeah. So let's crack in. So, first of all, before we uh, start to talk about uh, Bay Hill, where we're heading this week, um, what were your... Uh, Thoughts, gents, on on the Honda? Did uh, Sep take you by surprise last night? Uh, was uh, was was there any joy for you on the week, uh, Tom? No, no joy. Uh, Keith Mitchell had a couple of chances to place, and he was five, he got to kind of could have got to five under, uh, didn't. Um, so no, no joy. But Strucker didn't particularly surprise me. I've got to be honest. I thought he looked quite calm down the stretch, and I sort of said that Berger and well, I actually said Lowry. I think could have chucked it in the water, and, and he didn't. But um, there was a lot made of the fact that Strucker had that advantage um, on the final hole with, with you know not having to hit the driver in the rain. Yeah. But you know, I, I think he he you know won that regardless. You know what I mean? Like, he had a really good shot, uh, second shot. He had to hit that in the rain, and uh, yeah, I thought he was really impressive down the stretch. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was, um, you know, you compare and contrast with uh, uh, the man I was on, who uh, at the turn was still uh, threatening to. Um, 
get into the hunt. That was Adam Svensson, and uh, I'll uh, I'll come back to him in a minute. But uh, <laughs> uh, Sepp, uh, obviously, he uh, did everything on the back nine that um, Svensson couldn't do. Uh, granted, Stracker's got a little bit more experience on, on tour, and I'm sure Svensson's time will come as someone who's uh, delivered the goods on the Corn Ferry on a few occasions. But, uh, yeah, Strack, Stracker looked, uh, he looked really composed, didn't he, uh, Jason? Yeah, do you know what? Like we, we continue to say, nothing surprises. Um, absolutely nothing anymore. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Berg, I think, went off four on yesterday, something like that. Um, mm. Then when Lowry's playing, absolutely outstanding. Um, obviously, we're expecting him to take it home with maybe Berger coming back. Mm. Um, and and there we are. I, I We've said it a thousand times before. You know, the difference between, uh, apart from the absolute elite of which, uh, I'm not going to say it, but nobody's Tiger. Uh, okay, I'll say it. Um, mm -hmm. Apart from the absolute elite, um, anybody can win. That There really is a shot around or something like that between the top 80, the top 90, the top 100 in the world. It's mm. a matter of experience. It's a matter of just doing it. And at the end of the day, Berger was home and hosed. I mean, he really could have just, you know, created a game plan. Uh, and, and final score dictates that he really would not have had to do anything special. Um, that Larry didn't do anything wrong. Everyone's making a thing about the rain, but blah blah blah. I'm not interested in that. Um, he's done nothing wrong, particularly. Um, you got Kirk playing that awful tee shot to the par three, um, which was about 30 yards right, wasn't it? And was never ever going to come yeah. back, which finally killed him off. Um, Strecker did what he had to do, he he he, he played well. Um, and like you say, he's had chances before. I mean, we're going to come to my top pick over at Thingy, who's had plenty of chances as well. Mm. A slightly different league. Um, mm. Anyway, yeah, he's done it. It doesn't surprise because nothing does surprise me in golf. No, he, like you say, he he, he looked composed. He, he, you know, his strength of his game is obviously his ball striking when he's on. And he had shown some signs. Uh, obviously, the, the shrewdies who did pick up on him had, had probably picked up on the signs he showed at the Genesis uh, um, the week before where he'd started slowly but improved more and more as the week went on. And uh, uh, he brought that with him to, uh, to, to the Honda. And, um, yeah, all credit to him. It was his time. And... Uh, uh, he, he got the job done. So, uh, as I say, from my point of view, it was uh, a very painful uh, back nine where we went from, I mean, to be honest, I didn't have a huge amount of confidence in Svensson, uh, uh, even when he, because he, he, he sort of hold the monster putt on nine for par and then he chipped in from the edge of the green on 10 and it didn't really look sustainable. I mean, I suppose you could have taken the view of it's uh, it's his night, as it were, or his day. Uh, but um, it didn't surprise me when he, he sort of came unstuck and obviously his putting, um, yeah, the less said the better. So, oh, oh. Sorry, Martin. I, I do think when Berger chipped in twice, I thought, oh, he's coming back now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately oh. it was too much when he threw it away, didn't he? I'd yeah. push back slightly on the Larry did nothing wrong point because oh. I think that we, we kind of overlook the fact, you know, not you, Jason, in particular, but like he missed a four-foot putt on the eighth hole and he didn't make a birdie between 12 and 18. That includes a par five last, which like I know it. he said he couldn't go for because of the, you know, the position or whatever. Um, he's the one that caught the, the, you know, caught the shot up and he should be better from 114 yards. You know, this is a major champion that has won in, in class fields. I, I, no, I, I don't know. He didn't do anything particularly wrong, but he didn't go out and win the tournament. Hmm. No, you've got to, I mean, also on the PGA Tour on a, on a Sunday, you've got to go and take, you know, it's very rare that it lands on your lap. It does sometimes occasionally, but more you've got to go and take it by the scruff of the neck and win it. And, uh, uh, you know, that was the uh, criticism that was, um, you know, 
pointed in sort of Finau's direction for a long time that he wasn't doing too much wrong. He just wasn't, you know, taking yeah. the event by the scruff of its neck and winning it. And obviously Shane didn't do that yesterday. Another week he will do and, and struck it in. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's just been a year of it, isn't it? It's been a year of yeah. guys looking composed down the stretch when you don't expect them to. You yeah. know, Luke List yeah. and 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 Sepp Stracker now, and Tom Hoagie played well in the final two holes when Spieth gave him the opportunity. And you know, for all that that Shane Lowry is a, is a class champion, uh, you know, WGC winner, major winner, um, probably needs to start picking up some of these PJ Tour wins. Um, yeah, he's, he's, due, he's due obviously another win. win yeah, they're not. They're not so. They're not kids either, are they? You know, it's not yeah. like somebody's flown through from Converi or, or anything like that. You know, Tom Hoagie, Luke List, Sepp Stracker, they're not they're not kids, you know, they've been around. Yeah, they've served, they've served their time, and that's why, you know, come back to Svensson, and I'm sure his time will come. He'll have a week when the putts do yeah. drop and his ball yeah. striking is obviously uh, good enough when he's on. So, uh, But it was a painful night for me, and uh, I'm going to open up this week's musical playlist uh, with a song that very much is in that vein. Um, we're going to have some Dinosaur Junior uh, from uh, back in the day of, obviously, the, uh, the grunge scene and... Uh, feel the pain. I was certainly feeling the pain <laughs> last night as uh, uh, Svensson went from having a chance to win on the 11th tee to getting in that graveyard of all good each way, 125 to one shot, ninth place. Um, yeah, so uh, so it was a painful night for me. I felt the pain and Dinosaur Junior are going to lead off this week's uh, uh, playlist as uh, a tribute to that. So anyway, we move on and uh, we're resilient uh, sorts, us um, golf betting punters, as it were, so um, or golf punters. So, so we move on with renewed hope and it's on to Arnie's place, um, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, obviously, Bay Hill Lodge and Country Club, a place I've been fortunate enough to go to a few times over the years, sadly, for various reasons. Um, not been able to make it out this year, but um, certainly hoping to be back there back there next year. So, uh, but um, it's, a, it's a course, uh, it's a par 72, 7,400 yards approximately. Obviously, we're on the Bermuda Greens again. Um, and um, it's uh, as is going to be the theme really over the next, so well, certainly next week when we get to Sawgrass. It's the the tough finishing stretch, um, the 18th hole, one of the toughest par fours they'll play on tour all year to to close out. Uh, water is very much in play on the course again. Uh, Bryson, who sadly has pulled out today, uh, I didn't actually read. Um, I don't know if you guys read more detail. I'm just assuming it's the the torn labrum or what have you hasn't hasn't healed yet. Basically, so he, he had a fall apparently in Saudi, uh, and then um, also hurt. He's he's got a a, fra a bruised bone in his hand apparently, right. Uh, right. which he did a nice little Instagram video with his trainer explaining all of this. Uh, I personally think there might be a bit more to the fact. Yeah, that well, why did he enter? Why did he enter in the first place? He was yeah, playing at Seminole today or something, wasn't he? So I've, you know, I've got a yeah. bit of a concern that he might not actually be allowed to play on tour at the moment due to some uh, due to some comments. But you know, he's yeah. not Phil Nicholson, so maybe not. But yeah, um, uh, yeah we yeah, obviously um, yeah we don't know. Do we? But, um, it, just, <laughs> it, just, it just seems a bit odd that he entered if he. It sounds yeah. like that he really didn't have any chance of being there, but um, yeah, we don't know. So uh, I'm sure uh, there'll be a, there'll be an Instagram uh, release or something to um, update us. But uh, but anyway, last year Bryson, of course, did wow the fans on the way to the title when he sort of cut the corner on the par five sixth. Um, par five scoring is key here. 
uh, with a four par fives, and it's a little bit more of a second shot course. There's a bit more room off the tee. Uh, last couple of years, it has got a lot tougher. Obviously, we got the memorable um, Tyrrell Hatton victory from uh, back in uh, 2020, where it was brutal. Uh, it got rock hard. The winds got up, and, and I think Tyrrell was pretty much the only guy under par come the end of the week. Um, not quite as tough last year, but it was still only, I think, 10 under that won. And there's been a few pictures of the rough this this week to make me think um, it might be fairly tough again. Although, Jason, you you think it might not play so tough. What what what's, um, what what are you picking up on there? Well, no, I mean, uh, I mean that was discussing one of the players that that we sort of I know everybody in the whole universe wanted to be on, but um, you'll get to him mm. later, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah no, yeah. I mean, um, look, we get the ubiquitous um, picture of the rough, don't we? Mm, um, we and do. as you say, we think back. I mean, Bryson just does. Uh, just totally demolished off the tee, didn't he? So mm. it didn't matter where he, you know, I'm not convinced about him in his short game anyway. Um, mm. But last year it was literally, he was flicking up, flicking every second shot, wasn't he? So instead of 175 yards, he was just flicking balls. Um, yeah. But we go back through it, you know, Westwood was there obviously second last year, Hatton, Leishman, Molly, Fitzpatrick, mm. Rory, mm. Um, Leishman again before that. Um, it, it's open, it's masters, it's, they want runoffs, mm. fast runoffs off the greens. Um you, you, it's hard to get close to the pin, obviously, if you're coming yeah. out of that sort of rough. And, and there was a tweet mm. the other day where the rough was was um, extremely difficult. Yeah. So, um, whilst I don't think conditions will be as hard as as patterns, and it's, there's no forecast to suggest it, mm. um, rough will count. And and you're not they're not Bryson. Um, mm. And I suspect you you know you can't play too many shots out of the rough. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think you, you're right. I think we might get a score, maybe not as. As as low as Bryson's, but certainly something something um, yeah lower than what happened. Shot obviously, uh, I think that was a unique year, just a combination of obviously the wind picking up and what have you. So, uh, but uh, I believe you've got uh, got a tune for us for Bay Hill, Jason. A, a song I've not heard before, but I haven't quite listened to it earlier, and I really really like it. So, uh, tell us about your first <laughs> musical pick this week. Uh, I have three actually, and I eventually chose uh, none of which. Are, oh well, you might have heard of one. Uh, three, yeah. but the one that's eventually going is a, uh, is a song called Rough Song, and it's by a band called Beach House. So I saw on Jules Holland, uh, God knows how many years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, who knows, um, when I actually had a shave probably last time. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I loved it. So I checked them out, and um, there we are. I, I hope not that many people have heard it, um, and it'll be something else. And it's a, a, a certain change of mood from uh, your opener anyway. Which yeah. is an excellent opener, anyway. Yeah. yeah, no, this is um um it's a great song. I listened to this earlier, as I say, and uh, uh, hopefully um there, there'll be some rough this week. So uh, a rough song is uh, very appropriate on on the beach house for the bay. So uh, that's uh, um Jason's first musical pick, um rough song by Beach House. Looking a little bit more at the history of the event, and obviously we touched on Bryson uh, winning last year. Uh, the one thing that strikes me uh, is that, um, of course, the international players are very much uh, uh, had uh, one hand on this trophy or one and a half hands on this trophy over the recent years. Uh, there's actually a stat if you go back to 2005 uh, when Ken Kenny Perry won. That's only three different American players have won in that um, in that uh, period. Uh, one is Bryson last year, and the other two are Tiger and Matt Every. Uh, other than that, every winner's been international since uh, 2005. So uh, now, of course, Tiger slightly, um, uh, should we say, mud muddies that stack because he, he obviously won quite a chunk of them. Uh, but um, there's obviously been a lot of international success. Uh, to 
Neil Hatton, Molinari, Rory, Leishman, Jason Day, um, Ernie Els, etc. Prior to that, so um, Martin Laird also. So it's it's definitely somewhere where the the and I think as I said we were saying we talked about the pod last year I joined you for uh, this last year guys and I was talking about the fact that a lot of obviously the Europeans and international players are comfortable in the Orlando area they love them base themselves yeah. around there so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, what what are you looking for uh, this week? Uh, Tom, do you think uh, course form, course history, or current form, or or are you delving a little bit? Which of those two do you think is more important, or are you delving into this direction? I think, I think for me, like court, this is one of the events that course form really does stand up. I think you see a lot of repeat performances. Rory McIlroy has never finished worse, or finished worse the length once in his however many starts here. Um, you know, so I think you know Matthew Fitzpatrick, Christian Brazil now have all had good performances. I think I put down nine of the last twelve winners, or nine of the last twelve events has been a winner or a second place finisher from Europe. So not only just international, but just generally mm. speaking, like Europeans are just like you mentioned earlier, just comfortable in the Orlando Florida area. Um so whilst my card is very much um American dominated, there is a there is a European that starts it and a, and a Colombian that ends it. So uh yeah. you know, there's a bit of an international flavour to it and uh as you mentioned, looking at the history of the event, we can get a long shot winner at times. Yeah, and I believe you've got your first song is a is a tribute to uh, one of the dual winners that uh, we mentioned here. Correct. Yes. So uh, it's Matt Every is apparently the world's biggest Oasis fan, which um, it was slightly strange to me, and it and it always confused me that he called his uh, it was his Instagram or his Twitter handle was Matt Every LFG, and I kept thinking it was. Uh, let's effing go and it wasn't it was a uh, live forever golf which is yeah. actually the name of his uh clothing brand uh, yeah. which is obviously a nod to the song uh live forever by oasis so he's uh, got it tattooed on his arm he's named his son liam and as i said he's, he's made that clothing brand uh called live forever golf so oasis live forever it might be you know oasis might be a little bit mainstream for this podcast oh, not at all um, i'm a massive oasis fan so uh, uh are you a big oasis fan jason yeah, I like Oasis. I like to go a bit, bit um, more away from it, um, but it's not their fault they were popular, is it? No, no and, and that's what I've always subscribed to in in music is that you know you you talk about the people that you've you've had on the the podcast, and without being without reminding people, I'm slightly younger demographic to those, so um, my my musical tastes are probably slightly different for the era that I grew up in. But yeah. whilst you know I was a slightly apprehensive in terms of music because it's not something that's always been massively dominant uh in my life i've always been a massive oasis fan my dad was a big fan um and, and they're just a band that i said to you yesterday martin that i don't skip their songs like i skip a lot of songs and in a lot of albums and, and maybe that's to my detriment but you know i had really good fun sort of going back through this and finding some songs i sent you about 25 songs that I had you did. I mean, for, for, for a man who had sort of said oh you know i'm not what sure what i'll be able to bring on the music front <laughs> you, you came up with some absolute belters yeah so, i'm quite um, excited so, uh, you know, so but yes so, i think uh, oasis yeah. was I, I was very glad that you got me on for bay hill and, and oasis linked in very nicely because yeah. they are probably my favorite band for this type of genre yeah, well, they're um, they're the second band to get two songs on the pod. We had Stereophonics uh, last week uh, uh, had their second pick courtesy of Ben, and um, uh, this is the second Oasis outing. So, uh, and I'm delighted to have it on. Um, 
Back to the betting. John Rahm, who's making his debut, I believe, at Bay Hill this week, is, uh, you know, he should take to the course. But uh, again, coming back to the course history thing, whether you'd want to risk him at eight to one, I don't know. Uh, Rory at 12s probably appeals to me a little bit more. Obviously, everyone's come in a little bit from the earlier shows today with Bryson's withdrawal. Uh, we've got Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland around the 16s. And then Hideki and um, Matt Fitzpatrick around the 25s mark. I, I would, I mean, I was on Fitzpatrick when he withdrew a couple of weeks ago. Um, one would assume he's raring to go now, but I guess just having had the few weeks off, he might, you know, need a little bit of a sighter again, but we, we, don't, we don't know. I'm sure he'll be raring to go. Um, the weather's looking pretty decent for the week. A uh, little bit of wind, but nothing like we had a couple of years ago. A uh, bit of rain coming into the week, but um, um, it should be dry for all four days. I'm pretty safe for the tournament. So, um, anyway, on to the um, nuts and bolts, as it were, and that's our picks. And, um, Jason, I'm going to let you start this off because uh, uh, you've basically gone with a couple who are not right at the top of the market, but a couple who are sort of um, nearer the front end. Um, uh, so uh, why don't you talk us through your first two picks? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, if you make it very simple, I'd list on Tita Green, Greens in red, par threes and par fives. He's obviously got four diamond par threes here. Um mm. And anybody that, that appeared in three of those was worth looking at, in in my view. Um, and Will Zalatoris, um, yeah, absolutely stands out. Um, and I, I don't think I've ever said that. I think I know Tom's a massive Zalatoris fan. Um, keeps trying to link him in because he thinks he'll buy him a drink if he does win the Masters. But I'm not mm. sure he will. Um, and in the year of Hoagie List, you know, Scottish Scheffler, Sepp Stracker, who, you know, all eventually won. Surely Zalatoris is is the one out there that people cannot believe hasn't added to that single Corn Ferry Tour victory. I mean, everything mm. he's done over the last two years is just screams class. Um, there's very, I mean, it's in front of you, to be honest with you, Martin and Tom, um, but I don't see how you can overlook him. I mean, off the tees, top 25, approach his first, around the uh, uh, around green, he's fifth. Tita Green obviously leads that now. Um, ninth in scrambling, believe it or not. Um, which is, yeah, I'm struggling to believe, but he is. Obviously, he's got great form at the Masters, so this is a perfect warm-up for him. Um, he didn't seem to have many problems last year. Obviously, we know he's got an issue with putting, but um, mm. the way he keeps banging them in onto these tough greens, um, as, as we always say, you know, this isn't a 25-under winning tournament. So yeah. if he can keep banging them onto the greens, getting proximity, at least getting down in two from 12, 15, 18 feet, then he's going to be right there. Um, mm. 10th on debut last year, last Florida. I, I'm, I'm, I just struggle to see how he's not going to perform around this, you know, what is a proper test. Um, yeah. A month away from the Masters, which he, as he proved, you know, you know, we all thought he was going to fall away when he ran up there. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm just I'm so struggling to see how he doesn't do it. In, in a way, he's my sort of Scotty Scheffler that has to get over the line at some point. And I, I, I was a big fan of Scheffler. For a long, long while on our pod, I put him up for consistently when he was around 60 to 1. Um, he's now gone completely price-wise. I can't back him at anything like yeah, that now. Yeah. And I think Zalatoris, when he wins, is is you know going to start going off at 2022. Um, this looks perfect for me. Um, and and there we are. I think he's the best, I think he's the best bet on the card. So, yeah. Um, anything to add to that, Tom? Is he um, was he on your radar? Uh, I think he's always there, right? I think Jason yeah, sort of said sure. there that, um, you know, I, I am a fan. It sort of boils down to the fact that sort of had chats with him and stuff. But um, yeah. he's got everything, right? Like he's, he's, he is the perfect setup for this 
discourse and you know i think he he's decent enough and tied 10th on his first start is is impressive as well so um it's nice that he's kind of got that chalked up under uh after his you know course form but it's just uh i don't know it it's one of those ones where i thought sung jm was was a decent price of that range yeah i, I considered um, sung jay after the missed cut he's obviously drifted out but, yeah um, and and, yeah. and and Fitzpatrick's there as well. He's going to have his backers. So I thought there was three there that kind of at 30 to 1 all made a lot of sense. And, and instead of trying to make a decision between all of them, I decided to leave out all of them and, and start my card a bit lower. Fair enough. Well, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, but Jason, you've got another one around the same odds. So um, won't you... Uh, yeah, again, uh, I mean, on the other, on the flip side of Zalatoris, there's only one once you've got Mark Leishman, who's um, obviously done everything that you want him to do. Um Certainly not scared of winning, you know, multitude of events at home and over on the PGA Tour. Again, it's not, I, I don't think this is an event to, to try and, you know, try and pick some sort of rag and try and mm. be clever and say mm. that you found some link, you know, 15 years ago, which, you know, we all do. Uh, yeah. You know, as punters, we all try and find something. You know, oh, you know, he's, he's uh, played well on the designers' course in 1973 at college or whatever, which is great. This isn't the event to do it for me. Um, yeah. That was last week with Adam Svensson. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. But but you know, well done. I just don't see it. I don't see a Matt Every happening happening yeah. here this week. Um, I think the top is strong. Leishman continues to be there. I mean, it, I don't think it matters whether it's a, a fifteen under, five under winning score. He's made his last twelve cuts uh, since the turn of the year. He's done you know perfectly acceptable. He's tenth at Tournament of Champions, top twenty at um, Torrey, top uh, fifteen at uh, Riviera. Um, everything he does, he, he, everything he does is just quality. You just know he's going to be there. He doesn't need to do anything special, which is why I think, which is why he does so well at the Masters. Um, and that was when, do you remember he was going through an awful spell, wasn't he? Uh, before the November Masters, I believe. Um, yeah, it was well, it was the lock, lockdown through. Yeah, the lockdown. Yeah, he was going, yeah, he was going through a terrible spell. Mm. Bounced back to form with, I think it was the 13th. Um, mm. And then, and then nobody believed it and said, oh, it was, you know, it's one of the Masters that's, Nobody believes. And then the year later, uh, sorry, six months later, comes back again to, to continue a fantastic run. I, mm. I, as I said, I really like the Masters form with this uh, because of the way the greens are on the runoffs. I think you need to be accurate. If you're not, you need to have a short game. His short game is different gear to someone like Zalatoris, who's totally reliant on tee to green. Um, I, I don't see a weak spot. I, I know it's hardly a giveaway, but he's been this price for most of the year, I think. Um, yeah. And certainly when he appears at Travellers at Tory at somewhere like that, and and at Bay Hill, and again at the Masters, um, I expect to see him, you know, fifty to one and below. And uh, yeah, I, I, he continues to do it, Martin. And I don't have a problem with him. He's obviously previous winner here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the only he's, he's, one to push. Sorry, Martin. He was the only one to push um, Till Hatton um, when when Hatton played unbelievable final round um, during the horrendous, yeah. you know, wind. And rain and um yeah you know I, I don't see where there's a weakness i haven't found one in his last six months form so I, i'm certainly not going to do it on a course he loves yeah he, he's, he's obviously been threatening another win for a little while now and he's been on a lot of people's radars so far this year and, and you know he's going to give you a run for your money and, and no one would be surprised well i think people would be surprised if he wasn't there or thereabouts come the weekend you know in the top dozen or so and uh, no one would be surprised if uh he does go on to add a second title here, so certainly no, no arguments from me on that front. 
Uh, there's quite a lot of unison actually uh, from from us this week, and uh, I, I think the next player. Uh, is one that we, all three of us have uh, backed and sided with in, independently without discussing it between us beforehand. Um, uh, and um, I'm going to let you take this one over, uh, Tom, because uh, uh, we all agree on Killer Keith this week. Yeah, Killer Keith, I think, like Jason said, he, he'd probably be a short surprise if his name wasn't Keith. But um, <laughs> I sort of said last week that there was a lot of amusement at the 35 to 1 price uh, at, at an event he'd already won in the past. And I don't think people would really take into account how much better he is at golf. Even then, they sort of see the fact he won at 200 to 1 back then, beat Kipka and Fowler, and now he's 35 to 1. But this is a guy that's coming into uh, you know, a run of form, going into that event where he was 7th, 12th, and 10th in three of his four starts in 2022. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes and adds another ninth place finish last week. And I, and I felt kind of vindicated when the price came out of 40 to 1 this week that suddenly people are sort of realising, okay, what price can you make him? Because... He's, he's just brilliant, isn't he? Like He's just absolutely superb. He was sixth here on debut, sitting third after 36 holes, and he was fifth on his second start here when he was in that position at the start of the week and the end of the week. Um, look, it could be a bit of a trap. I think I think eventually that's what everyone thought was going to happen last week. It wasn't. He probably you know, he finished ninth, probably could have finished fifth. But to me, there's just that, you know, there's a little bit of a pointer as well. I think the, the Houston Open thing is a, is a nice plus. I sort of mentioned that in my old checker preview that, um, you can kind of point to that. So, to me, the fact that he's played well in classical courses like uh, Quail Hollow as well, third and eighth, to me, I just thought that the price was good enough. I mean, he opened at 50 to 1 over in America when I did my preview, so I yeah. um, was pretty happy with that. But um, I think it's one of those cases of I'm going to back him until he really you know, cost me. And, and even if he was one missed cut, I'd probably still look at him because the price will go up. But it's going to be a case of waiting until he misses three cuts before I start worrying. Yeah, I think as Jason alluded to earlier, this isn't necessarily a week to get too clever, although I've got a couple of longer shots later on. And uh, it, it's, I mean, certainly for three of my picks, it's pretty much right there in front of you with a good old fashioned course form, current form. And, uh, you know, you, you can't just can't get away from Mitchell this week, can you? He's, he's normally someone who'll sort of come to life a little bit as you get to the East Coast, but uh, he, he's been in, in good form over on, on, on the recent events on the West Coast, as you mentioned, Tom. And um, yeah, there's, there's nothing not to like about him. Obviously, he's, his stats are, are, are great, um, uh, you know, this year. And, and yeah, you would expect him to produce another another good performance. All, all the reason something I did, sorry, I was just going to say something I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about the, the history here, and you touched on course form, but all, all yeah. of the recent winners of this event, uh, the last 10 winners, all made the cut here in their previous start. And I think... Um, Seven of them had uh, finished in the top 20, which um, Mitchell didn't do, but obviously he's got the two top 10s the previous two years. But uh, uh, he was a little bit lower down the field last year. But um, this isn't an event, someone who, you know, just done nothing, springs up out of nowhere. So he's, you know, it's the course form points there and the current form. Yeah, there's nothing not to like about him, really. Yeah, and I kind of touched on that finish last year because he was 43rd last year, wasn't he? But yeah. he was coming off the back of three straight missed cuts. Like, yeah. You know, he's a completely different player at the moment. And, and I actually think how long he's been in good form for has been overlooked as well. Like, you go back, he was fifth at the 3M Open in July, eighth at the Northern Trust in the playoffs, third at the CJ Cup, where this probably all started for everybody, um, where he probably could have won that event, should have maybe won that event. Um, and he's just carried that on, you know, throughout the whole season. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's probably still, even at the prices, being a little bit overlooked how good he is. 
Yeah. No, no arguments for any of us on that one. Um, all, I think we're all in 100% agreement. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, Keith all round for this this, this week. Uh, Tom, now, I believe you've got an Englishman you like the look of uh, at slightly, slightly bigger odds. And um, am I right in saying, Jason, you're also keen on, on this this gentleman? But, um, t- Tom, do you want to tell us a bit more? And, um, Jason, you can add in a bit afterwards if you've got any thoughts. But, uh... Yeah, so the, the, the point I was trying to gargle at the start of, of the podcast that I couldn't quite get my words out of, in nine of the last 12 renewals, uh, a European has either won or finished second in this event. So, um, you know, there's always an international flair to this event but particularly Europeans and English uh, have done very, very well here. Uh, And in Paul Casey's case, uh, he's played here five times over the past decade, made four cuts and finished inside the top 10 twice. Uh, Ninth in 2016, he was uh, only once he set outside the top nine. Uh, That was 13th after 54 holes. Um, So that was a really impressive week there. And then he was seventh after 36 holes last year and should have had a better weekend. But... You know, can't can't always do that. And uh, also, if you go way back to 2007, even when the course was slightly different, he was first after round one, second at the halfway stage, and, you know, just had a poor weekend. That is kind of Paul Casey. That has been his career, and people will say that he doesn't win as much, and he doesn't, right? There's, there's, you can't get away from that. But all of his wins, to me, are, are, are relevant. He's had two wins in Florida at the Valspar Championship. For sure, yeah. Uh, the Houston Open, I think, has is, is got some crossover there that I like uh, in that. So I think that's a very valid point. And he's been top 10 strokes gained tees green his last two PGA Tour starts. And when you look at his current form, 16th, 12th, 24th and 15th, none of those kind of stand out above what Paul Casey is you know, accustomed to these days. But the 16th, uh, Singapore would probably be looked at as a negative because he should probably do better than that in that field, and he should. But he opened with a six, uh, 76, sorry, and uh, was sat outside the top 100 after day one and just really fought back really well. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of resolve in Paul Casey at the moment, coming to a golf course he clearly enjoys. And I mentioned to Jason on the, on, on the Lost Words podcast that I had a quick scan for his kind of major prices, and he was 66 to 1 for the Masters. 45 to 1 for the US Open, 40 to 1 for PJ, and 40 to 1 for the Open. I thought, well, he's 45 to 1 this week. Um, mm. in a field that's not quite that strong, albeit you know, a lot of decent players in it. Um, I, I thought the price was pretty good. Yeah, anything to add to that, uh, Jason? No, he ha- he hangs about, doesn't he? You know, Riviera yeah. opened up in 12th, he was he was in third, uh, third round, he was 12th, and he finished 15th. Sad he's in he's fourteenth after the third round, Dubai. I mean, you know, you, we all know what Casey does, but he does fit he does fit the sort of list of recent winners, if you like. Um yeah. you know, he's made he is major class. Um he knows what he's doing. He's he's we've said it before now, he's he's much happier now than he, he has been, you know. I mean maybe for the last year, year and a half. He's been a different type of player with his attitude on the course, or certainly outwardly anyway. Um, and I think that's that's led to more consistent play. He, he fits perfectly with the likes of Leishman, Hatton, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick for me. Um, yeah. it, it, I could see him winning it, you know, and I, I, I mm. certainly can see him contending. And I agree. I think, you know, he's well worth a look in the top European or, or top whatever markets as well. Um, he just does it, doesn't he? It, it seems to come very naturally now to him. I thought it was hard work before. It was very contrived. Um mm. Uh, and it was very team Casey and all, all very all very like that. Whereas now it just seems he just seems a different type of player. I mean, he started very, very slowly at the Porsche European, which is a tournament he was defending and came back really well. 
as you say, Singapore. I know it's a level down, but went from 109th to 16th. He's he's class. He's a class player, and he fits. And he is like Leishman. I think he's the, he's the, he's that type of. No, yeah, he's a, bit of a, he's a bit of a grinder, isn't he? He's yeah, a major, he's a you know, he's he's a major a vet- competitor. Well, a vet- I don't know if he's a veteran now, but he's he's gnarled mm. and he's done it before. And they're not going to panic, and uh, they know how to get the court. They know how to get round, and and you know, I, I don't yeah, see again where there's a negative to him. To be honest with you, I'd call him a bit of a veteran. He's he's enough of a veteran to be on yeah. the uh, Saudi shortlist with the other veterans on uh, there anyway. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, but um, oh yeah, not allowed to speak like that. Uh, okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's um, you know, he's, he's again, he's he's, he's going to hang around. The tougher it is, he'll, he'll like it when he and he's going to hang around. So. Uh, um, again, no, no complaints from me on the on, on that pick. Um, the next guy again um, is someone I know certainly myself and uh, uh, Tom Akeenon. Uh, I'm not quite sure um, if you made your mind up 100%, Jason. But uh, um, there's been a bit of a run today uh, for another sort of a Twitter golf coup, if you like, on um, Christian Bez Bezaden Hoot, and um, he's um, someone I'm siding with this week. Uh, for, from my point of view. Uh, he, I included my six to follow at the beginning of the year. Uh, I thought he'd have a successful year on the, on the PGA Tour. And, and this was an event that uh, obviously stood out uh, somewhere he'd had some set success before. Uh, I shortlisted him yeah, for this event at the beginning of the year. And uh, uh, unless there'd been something completely unforeseen, injury or horrendous loss of form, or you know he'd won last week or something, he was going to be pretty much subject to price, of course, being my team this week. And uh, I liked the way he finished nicely at the Honda, uh, bounced back from a poor Saturday with a good 66 on Sunday. Uh, the advantage this week, of course, because he's been ticking over on the PGA Tour, but uh, uh, with some solid but unspectacular finishes. Uh, but uh, I think he's made seven from nine cuts. Uh, but of course, this week he comes to a course he's got some experience on and has played, whereas all the others he's been pretty much seeing for the first time. Uh, he's been 18th and 7th here on his two visits. We know he plays tough golf course as well. Coming back to what we were saying earlier, will it be quite sort of a, as tough as he would like it? Well, it's, it's certainly one of the tougher courses he's going to play this year on the PGA Tour. And um, yeah, he he hangs around well. He obviously likes it here. He was he was seventh here uh, last year in in Bryson's year, uh, so I'm happy to to chance him to build on uh, what he produced last uh, last week at the Honda, and uh, you know get stuck in an event that, uh, as I say, we know we know he likes the course, and uh, obviously we know the internationals perform really well here at as well. So, um, anything to add, Tom? No, it's not not for me. I I. I didn't actually like Bezweed now. It's not. Did uh, you? All oh, right. Sorry. No, no, no. All right. Sorry. I've got no. it all wrong. You're, we're ticking him off your list. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, um, no. Jason did like him a little bit, I think, but I think we kind of come to this consensus that it might just get away from him. And I think the trouble with what Bezweed has done so far, um, Martin, and I understand picking him here because he's got the two course looks, like you said, and, you know, he's established here now. So maybe, you know, this will be his best one yet. But, um, I think it's actually a real problem that what he's going to do is play well enough to keep his card and finish in a decent point in the, in the FedEx Cup and almost have to stay here. And uh, I actually think he needs to get back to the DP World Tour and uh, and sort himself out because I just I just I just don't I think everyone not not yourself, Martin, because you know you're not been putting him up every week, but there's certainly people that just seem to back Bezweden out because he's fifty to one plus. 
Um, and he probably could be an extra 20 points every week for me, but um, it feels like a, a FOMO bet, a bit like Matthew, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Everyone wants to be on their first PGA Tour win, obviously both established on the DP World Tour. Um, so whilst I, I understand this is probably the best, it's probably his best chance um, yeah. all year round. So if he doesn't do it here, then... Or so, so, so why, why, why do you think he needs to get back to the DP World Tour then? What am, what am I missing there? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just, obviously he just, he just, gone through the KF qualifiers to cut, to get onto the. You know, he's obviously where he wants to commit himself, and he's doing decently so far. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Though I think that he's just decent, right? And I think he just plods. Do you know what I mean? I know he shot a sixty-five, um, you know, at Honda, but I, I, I don't know. I think just the odd round just flatters him overall on a week, and I think it, it just feels like everyone's desperate for him to be something that maybe he's not. Um, that's just my personal take. I've, I've always been on the slightly harsher side of Chris Richardson. Now, I think I expect him to play pretty well. Sony he didn't. I expect him to play okay at Torrey Pines. He, you know, middling. Um, obviously played well at Pebble and, and played well last week. But yeah, I think I think this is probably last chance saloon for him for the season. I've got to be honest. That's oh. it's, it's, it's harsh. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, what what would you, Jason? What would you see as a successful season for him on his debut season on, on the PGA Tour? It's, it's really difficult because if you're a if you were over there, American, you wouldn't mm. really worry too much about him. I think we've seen what he can do over here. We've seen him at Valderrama. Um, we've seen him in South Africa when he dominated. Um, was it during lockdown? I can't remember now. Yeah, during lockdown when he just was absolutely different gear. Um, it's a really difficult one. I mean, we, we always speak about Bez and, and Aaron Rye being the type of similar similar styles and similar players. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, I, you know, I really wanted to be on Bez this week, and when I started reading Twitter on Friday and Saturday, I thought, oh, here we go. It's just it's obviously going to be smashed off. But I was really surprised that there was an eighty available this morning, mm. given that it was obvious you were going to take money on him. Um, and I think you could have put up 60 and taken money off, uh, you know, this morning as well. There were so many people wanting to be on. I, I just think having read the forecast, I, I, that, that's my view, that it will get away from him. I think. I, mean, I, I, it, I know nothing about Christian Mazaden, who's personal. Obviously, I know about his, um, you know, tragic accident when he was um, when he was a child, but I know nothing about his personal life now, uh, you know, what what led him to want to go to America. Um, but it was obviously, you know, he's not uh, a player who's stumbled in, you know, he's not done a David Lynn and stumbled into a PGA Tour card from a big major finish or something like that. He's, he's made a conscious effort to go to the Corn Ferry Finals. Um, he's got, obviously, a lot of South African fellow you know, players out there that he can socialise with and, and hang and hang with, etc. Um, and to me, what he's doing so far, he's having a really successful season. You know, mm. seven seven cuts in nine. If he goes through this season with, let's say, let's say as a couple of top tens, goes through this season, finishes seventy second on the FedEx Cup standing or something like that, and makes the majority of his cuts, I would see that as a great first year on the PGA Tour, something to build on. And um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I wouldn't, yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely, I just think there is a limit. I think I, I, I don't like agreeing with Tom ever, right? <laughs> but I think there is a limited amount of events that he can legitimately win, um, and this is one of them. And this is, you know, this is why I was on my short short list, and and I know you was on him because we messaged over the weekend. Mm. Um, and it's just the fact that they're saying it's going to be fast greens. It's going to be um, not as certainly not going to be hat and weather. Um, mm. And I, I just think. 
they, I do. I just think a couple of people will get away from him because I think where his strength is, is not going to create the, the birdie chart. He's going he's to perform the same at whatever tournament. Now, that could mm -hmm. be the same when he finishes, as you say, uh, 46 at the Barbers, for example. Or if it got extremely difficult, he'll turn that into a top 10. And mm -hmm. I just don't think conditions this week are going to be. Um, having said that, I missed the 80 and I would have liked the 80. Um, yeah. Whatever happens. Plus, I also had a really great song for him. So I'm really yeah. disappointed. <laughs> so it's, it's me. So, listeners, in fact, we're not all in agreement on Bez. Um, we're in a disagreement on Bez. And, uh, <laughs> do, do, do you know what? I think I'm probably being a bit harsh, right? And, and, yeah. and it's because I've taken a stance. And my stance is that what everything you said about the, if he has a couple more top tens this season, what he's done so far is a successful season. I completely agree with that. Um, but that's not a successful season to someone that's expected to win. And that's how everyone's treating him. And I don't think he's that. Like, I think Valspar in a couple of weeks might be right up his street. Like, just really nice, yeah, tough, no, short layout. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, he's not a long driver of the ball. No. He's not the best no. iron player. Uh, he's, he's a decent putter. Uh, and he's a good scrambler overall. Uh, mm. To me, to win... A tournament on the PJ Tour, you've got to have this kind of one real standout sort of attribute. So Tom Hoagie was brilliant with his irons for a long period of time. Luke List was excellent tee to green for six months. Um, Scotty Scheffler is good at everything. Um, Sweden, how is he elite at anything? I don't. I, I maybe I don't know. It, it might. It's nothing. There's nothing personal. I, don't, I have no idea why I wouldn't like him. But um, I think it's. I think he's successful in in what he's done. And and you know, in terms of motivation of what's doing at all, it's just where the money is. He can't. Yeah, he no, can't yeah. world ranking points and and stuff on the DP World Tour playing and in the fields like he would have been the Kenya this week. So um, I think he's a good. I think he's a good DP World Tour player. Maybe a brilliant DP World Tour player. And a potentially middling PJ Tour player that I don't need to rush to the window to bet. Fair enough. We will move on. We will. I look forward to messaging you or you messaging me over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. no, when, when, when he wins, like <laughs> I won't get an invite ever again. I absolutely understand. Um, absolutely, you will, yeah. Tom. Don't worry. With your music, <laughs> you'll be back on. Um, anyway, so for a player you don't want to back to a couple of guys you do want to back, Tom, at uh, similar sort of prices. And you've also got a couple of songs for them as well, I believe. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so over to you for a couple of your picks. Okay, let, let's brighten things up a little bit. Let's just expose myself in terms of poor uh, poor music taste. But uh, the first one for me is uh, Max Homer. And uh, I sort of mentioned in my preview, I think he's getting over this kind of imposter syndrome thing now where the only person that didn't uh, feel like he belongs where he does is him. But I think he, he didn't take himself too seriously, didn't think he was elite, despite the fact he was an excellent college talent. Um, struggled for a very long time for you know on the PJ Tour before he got that win at Quail Hollow. Backed it up with Riviera, backed it up again at the Fortinet. Um, three different events, I would say. Um, so that's always a good sign. Um, hasn't broken 70 yet uh, in his two starts at this event, but he still finished 24th and 10th. So I think that, you know, just moving on from that, uh, any time he breaks 70 this week is going to be a bonus. Um I really like what he did in Phoenix. He was great tee to green, really strong, very good off the tee. He was fifth uh, strokes going off the tee, 25th off the tee at Riviera, where he put up a good title defence, uh, finishing 10th. 
And uh, yeah, he's got three top fi top 15 finishes last four starts. A good pair of starts here. And uh, I think he's one of the better players in the world at the moment without people particularly giving him credit. Um, my song for Max Homer has a little bit of uh, convolution to it. Uh, so the song is uh, Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Uh, the reason being uh, is that Homer went to Cal Berkeley, and that's where the lead singer and songwriter Stephen Jenkins uh, went to uh, to college. So, uh, yeah. I'm impressed how you dug, where you dug that stat out from. Uh, was that something? Are you a huge um, <laughs> Third Eye Blind fan? No, no I, 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 um, do you know what I did? Uh, I'll be completely transparent. I tried to search for people that uh, notable alumni from Cal Berkeley University looked at the musical and arts section, realised that uh, Third Eye Blind were on there, recognised the name, looked at the song, absolutely loved it, and uh, put it out. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> and your um, next next man at a similar price range? Jason Kokrak as well for me. Um, another one that, that kind of probably has hit his peak uh it's fair to say three wins in was 18 months on the pj tour after not winning for ages but um in his second and third starts at his goal force he finished fourth and six he sat third after 54 holes on both occasions and that was back in 2014 and 2015 fast forwards to the past three years he's finished 10th 18th and 8th he was fourth after round one last year and uh and, and finished eighth place which sort of indicates he still likes to lay out as he did before wasn't great tee to green at Riviera, but still shot rounds of 67 and 66. So there's signs of improvement whilst also showing that his game is there and scoring. Um, my music uh, choice for the Jason Kokrat pick is Best of View by the Foo Fighters. Now, again, this is uh, a little bit of a, a convoluted one. But uh, first of all, Jason Kokrat, not from America. He was born in North Bay, uh, Ontario. So that's a little bit of a link to Bay Hill. Uh, but Kokrak also played his high school golf in Warren, Ohio, where Dave Grohl was born. Uh, and he also went to college at Xavier, and also in, which is also in Ohio. So best of you, because I need Jason Kokrak to play his best golf to win this week. I'm impressed. Um, I'm impressed with the Foo Fighters. Anyway, again, it's the first time we've had the Foo Fighters on the pod, so <laughs> deli delighted to get them on there. Uh, you're bringing plenty to the music, uh, Tom. Plenty to the music. Yes, more, more than I thought, and maybe, maybe a bit mainstream. But, uh, but, no, you know, nothing, wrong with the, nothing wrong with the Foo Fighters at all. It's uh, um, a fine band, needless to say. Uh, I, I guess what put, and it sort of leads into my next pick, and this is a perverse logic, which I appreciate but a lot of people think is potentially nonsense, but um, like you said, has Kokrak reached his peak? And, and I just, you know, the idea of Jason Kokrak winning four times in under two years is, is just sort of, um, I think, okay, he can't just keep on winning. Um, whereas my next pick, um, Chris Kirk, uh, of course, hasn't won for um, six, seven years. I think he's due to win now. Of course, that's perverse logic. And you would think, well, uh, you'd rather be on the man who's won three times in the last 18 months. But uh, Kirk, to me, is, is trending very much in the right direction. Uh, I mean, again, it's, it's like Jason alluded to earlier. It's, it's not a week to get too fancy for the majority of it. And it's all there on the tin, as it were. Uh, he was eighth here last year. Uh, but they'd also been 15th and 18th in his previous two visits when he was in absolutely no form at all coming in. Um, 14th and 7th uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, and um, I know he frustrated a few people over, over the weekend, or certainly yesterday, the way he slipped uh, down the field. And um, he, he needed the birdie at the last that Svensson couldn't make to uh, get in the... Um, get in the frame. So, 
you know, he's trending in the right direction. I don't think yesterday's slight disappointment should mask over what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. Well, we know he had his difficult um, uh, personal period that he battled through, obviously, um, a couple of years or so ago. But it's been hugely impressive the way he's come back since that and did what he needed to do to secure his card. Uh, and let's not forget, although it's uh, seven-odd years coming up to you since he won on the PGA Tour, uh, he did um, post a win on the Corn Ferry Tour just after lockdown in Florida. Uh, so we know he, he likes this part of the world, obviously. Um, you, you know, we know he's he's a Georgia guy, produces his, his best um, uh, more over on the east side. And um, his tee to green stats are very impressive this uh, this season, uh, which is, of course, what we're looking for this week. So uh, I was to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised to, to get 66 to 1 on him. I thought he might have been a little bit shorter. I know he's not won for a long time, but he's a... Um, you know, he's a high-class player at his best, who's a, who's a proven winner. And um, I thought he might have been down at the, the, the 50s mark with the obvious connection. So um, so it's Chris Kirk for me. Um, and um, were you on him last week, Jason, by the way? You you alluded to him. Were you, were you on him last no, week? No, no, no. No, I wasn't. No, no. no. He, he was very quite popular last week. He was a good, he was a good pick, actually. And um, that was it was quite a shame, actually, what happened on Sunday. Yeah, too, no, because, I, um, I, 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 I know yeah. Niles on him, who was our guest a few weeks ago yeah. from um, Oddschecker. He he was on him, so uh, I saw he was relieved to see him uh, get that birdie at the last. But uh, but yeah, he, he was an obvious selection to me this week, and um, I, I thought the price was more than fair. So um, so before we move on to the remainder of the picks, uh, time to pop into the back nine, which uh, uh, is something that, um, uh, as, as you know, uh, I throw out my guests the back nine questions. So um, I'm going to go because I've got got the two of you here and uh so we don't keep the listeners here all, all night i'm gonna go alternate with you here on the back nine gents so uh um i'll uh let um uh sort of uh, throw one question at you tom and one at you jason and and, and so on so uh, mm-hmm. um maybe i'll ask one of you um or both of you one one question because i'm always curious the answer on this one so <laughs> um but um so uh tom we'll start with you um yep. your first record um slash cd allowing for your uh, generation obviously <laughs> uh, or, or download maybe <laughs> That, uh, yeah. that you ever bought yeah napster was coming out when i was a little bit youngster um <laughs> first album i bought so yeah, album just, single, just, just just to kind of uh age myself someone bought me will smith's Millennium uh <laughs> when when i was younger now i did not buy that myself okay. um so that, that was not my choice the first album i ever bought was uh was probably some 41 uh okay was maybe all or nothing i think the album was called uh and very close behind that probably would have been eminem because he was kind of uh my big influence as a youngster which probably reason i swear quite a lot as an older gentleman don't know you're quite into your rocky stuff though aren't you because uh you know you're commenting on offspring the other week and what have you so yeah. you're quite into that yeah you? i think i think i think i had that kind of uh growing up where i was sort of on kerrang as a, as a child you know we had to watch and wait for someone's call in and because you you didn't want to be the one that paid for some for kerrang to play the next song on on the music channel so you had to wait for someone else to pick the song for you before you saw it and you'd wait for 27 songs staring in front of the screen and then all of a sudden you'd need to go to the toilet and when you come back that song's just finished so that was kind of my childhood music uh taste fair enough uh jason first ever gig uh pop relate yourself south english pavilion uh, I was probably fifteen or sixteen. Went oh, along. The South everybody, yeah. everybody was dressed as uh, Grebo, and there we were, naive school kids, and uh, it was fantastic. 
Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, Tom, I appreciate you. I have absolutely no idea who Pot Will Eat itself were. Um, no, but, beyond uh, me, I'm afraid. G- give me Big Mac fries to go as their immortal lyric. Yeah, that, yeah, um, those, yeah. Them and Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They were, uh, I mean, yeah, it wasn't necessarily my style of music, but it's the first key I went to. Yeah, no, I've um, I've frequented uh, Southland Clifton in my time as well, so I can uh, I can picture the win- uh, the uh, the venue well. Um, just, just before we move, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, just just before we move on, did did any of you listen to the band uh, Gomez? Ever? Uh, yes, oh, band. Yeah, can't yeah. Find. I didn't really like them, right. but I did listen to them. Yeah. And do you know why? Yeah, I they... immediately spring to mind because they're from Southport, my part of the world originally. So. Yeah. So yeah, so Gomez uh, is, uh, is a, for some reason is a band that my dad really likes, and uh, as a young person, he introduced me to going to a gig for I don't know if that was my first one, um, but he took me to see Ben Ottawa, I think his surname is, uh, as a solo artist, and I actually fell asleep standing up, <laughs> and there was two fanatical people in the front row screaming "I love you, Ben," and and that was kind of my first sort of introduction to music that I didn't like. So I just want yeah. to hop on to the, the first Yeah, no, absolutely. You're pitching either of you in these questions. But, uh, yeah, Gomez were a little bit too laid back and arty-farty for me, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Fabians, but, uh, no, are they known as now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah Fabians. Yeah. Fabians, yeah. Gomez. Um, and um, best of a golf winner, uh, Tom. Best, best of a golf money, winner. But, uh, uh, I don't know. Um Siwoo Kim at the players always comes back. That was that was one where was, he, he right. went off at a thousand to one, didn't he, uh, on the exchange? But um, it was one of those ones where I kind of said to so my dad the week before he'd finished twentieth or something the week before, mm. and I said, "Oh, let's go on him." And he was a thousand to one, so he said, "No, no." And then he had a good round, and we sort of backed him in running another decent amount on him. Uh, I always remember as well. Maybe I'll say this one for a later question because I think there's there's another question on this. But yeah, probably Siwoo Kim. Uh, but I've been. I've been hoping to try and find a major winner, which hasn't kind of come yet. Um, Jason, um, so I should ask. I'm going to ask. I'm going to allow you to add in your. So you don't think I'm picking on you? I'm going to allow you <laughs> to add in your best winner as well, because the question is your worst beat. But feel free, as in uh, the one that really stings the most. But feel free to throw in your best winner as well. Oh, so we cool. don't think I, it's all about I, I try to forget the worst. I try to forget the worst ones, mate. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, I think the best, or some of the best, uh, Darren Clark in running at the Open, um, yeah. three figures, um, uh, had a, uh, the two of my biggest bets were uh, Dustin Johnson in Hawaii when I couldn't see him getting beat at the Tournament mm. Champions or whatever it was called back then. Couldn't see him getting beat and that was that was easy. And mm. uh, Vijay Singh, um, oh, life of me, um, can't remember the event, but it, uh, anyway, it was, it was, very, very nice indeed. One of the numerous ones he won in his 40s. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but uh, I, I remember it because I was um, doing the live commentary on Betfair. Right. So I was. Uh, I loved the old Betfair forum, not the new one. Mm. The old Betfair forum was fabulous. Mm. And we used to do live commentary on there. Right. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, a delight. And I was commentating on VJ as I really had far, far too much money riding on him. And it was, it was mm. great. They were great days. Bad beats. Oh my word. Um, I would say Cody Gribble at uh, oh I can't remember. Oh, blimey, can't remember what it was. But basically, he was in the lead. Um, second shot to eighteen. 
there was water on the right and he it wasn't his fault he just hit the wrong spot on the green it spun back so much it went into the water and it, it was a win and then it was a loss and it was horrendous <laughs> it's a bit like that was a bit like the carl stanley um mm. um uh, anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a bit like yeah. Cal Stanley when he was he was clear and he hit the 18 and he was short and he bounced back and thing. But this was Stanley had done something wrong. Cody Gribble did nothing wrong at all. So that was one mm-hmm. of them. The other one, which I've never forgiven, is JB Hansen in, <laughs> in the Challenge Tour final when he got beat by Espen Kostad. He was he was in front. Oh, actually, I'll tell you two now. Espen Kostad. He was in front and he shanked a seven iron to fifteen or something like that and made double bogey. And the other one was Simon Forstrom at the Viking Challenge. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the Viking, when this is, I, I don't know if I told you. I used to do the challenge. So, um, <laughs> when, when he was um, Simon Forstrom had, had played brilliant in really horrendous conditions, and he just hit the front halfway through, and conditions were so bad that they um, they cancelled the event, and he ended up with a place <laughs> rather than the win. And that I was absolutely furious. Okay. Jason, I thought you were going to mention the the Reese Davis, uh, David. Oh, Halsey. the two foot miss putt and Morocco when he let David Halsey <laughs> in to, to beat him. There's so <laughs> many. I try to forget. Them. Many, we've, all, we've all we've all had a few. Recently, I'm not yeah. going to sleep and, and I, Yeah, I just I just want to re. Uh, I, I want to change my answer slightly on on the my favourite winner was so I had Brett Rumford won the 2013 Ballantines Championship. Yeah. And it was very stress-free because I had Brett Rumford uh, in first, Marcus Frazier was in the playoff in second, and Romain Wattel in fourth. So I don't think I've ever quite trumped uh, that, mm. that sort of tipping week. Um, and in terms of bad beats, I'm just because I have to get this off my chest. Uh, I had Matthew Fitzpatrick in a double with Justin Rose, uh, where Fitzpatrick had done his part in the morning, and Justin Rose lost in a playoff to Keegan Bradley uh, oh, at that God. BMW Championship at the FedEx uh, playoffs. And it was also Justin Rose that let me down in, in the Masters in 2017 when I was holding him to uh, when he lost to Sergio Garcia. Yeah, I was Thank, all, I was thanks, Justin. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, Justin. Um, right, um, let's rattle on. Uh, most memorable gig, uh, Jason, you're our, you know, live, live music uh, guru wedding, here, probably. So. Yeah, wedding present, Manchester Academy. Uh, I think it was the, their 40th uh, celebration. I might be wrong. Absolutely outstanding. Badly drawn boy was pissed as one of the supports. Um uh, a wedding present, uh, 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 probably my favourite band ever. Um, we had to go to Manchester. That was awesome. Milburn's final gig, absolutely outstanding. And I had a lifetime ambition when I went to see David Byrne perform uh, American Utopia at Hammersmith a couple of years ago. He's, for me, he's he's a god, um, and I mean that literally. And just, just being in the same building was just unbelievable. Okay. Um, four ball. I'm going to let you both uh, answer this one. So um, it can be musicians or golfers only. Your dream four ball, and they can be dead or alive. So suspend <laughs> belief here slightly. Um, Tom. So I'm going to take Tiger because it's the easiest thing. Um, I, I do think that I'd, I'd want to see just how close to a human he is. Uh, just see if you can get a conversation out of him. And then I think I'd take the Gallagher brothers in the hope that either they they beat each other up. <laughs> or we could actually find out if they do actually hate each other, whether they're trying to uh, completely maximise the return, uh, which they may be. Reunion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're, they're, I, I would try and actually see if they didn't want to get you reunited or whether they were just playing the long game to try and get 
uh, a really sold out gig but i think they're probably leaving it too long if that was their uh, their plan jason blimey uh miguel angel jimenez <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh suzanne petson um and uh david gedge <laughs> yeah well david, david burn david burn yeah, fair enough. Um, favorite course on the PGA Tour, Tom. We'll have you um, answer this one. Or favorite event you like? Regular tour event. Favorite regular tour event on the PGA Tour. <laughs> it's an interesting one because do you know what? I, I always really like Hawaii. It always feels only open. I always think that's a quite a nice start to the year. Uh, it makes it feel like we started again, uh, got the season in. Um, I'm not really one of those kind of like course junkies where you sit there and kind of remember all the holes. So I just remember the kind of nice viewing. And although that's a bit late in the day and, and things like that, I do, I do like this. It feels like the proper start to the PJ Tour season for me. Okay. Um, Jason, your most treasured record, your one desert island disc. Uh, the name of this band is Talking Heads. Okay. I must admit, I never really got my head around the talking heads, if you pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> that song, Once in a Lifetime, which is obviously their most, probably yeah, their biggest hit or whatever, it just grates at me. You know, yeah, that's, always, that's, just, yeah, that's, but that's, you know, I mean, always, the worst thing they've done, you're probably going to say, aren't you? So, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so, but that never, never led me to want to go and listen to a lot more, shall we say. So, but um, I'm open to it. So, yeah. Um, the goat, Jack or Tiger, Tom? Tiger. Jason, is it Tiger for you as well? No, 100%. Okay, fair enough. Right, um, thank you, gentlemen. Some very interesting answers there. So, and um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm picturing Southend Chris Pavilion again and Pop Will Eat Itself <laughs> and Ned's Atomic Dustbin. You, you need to go and listen to some of this stuff, Tom. You need to get your. Uh, I will. I'll your, educate your, myself. Yeah, your yeah. Grebo uh, stuff out, as it what were. Was, so, it, the, it was the the of time. Sorry, it was of a time, what? Martin, though, wasn't it? This is the thing. It was of that yeah. time. It, it was it, of that it, time, it, yeah. Yeah. When when you when your dad takes you to go and see the lead singer of Gomez uh, <laughs> a solo act in, in a gig and you fall asleep standing up, you lose faith in in the uh, in in that era. So um, yeah, well, yeah. T- these type. I mean, if you do a bit of googling on Pop Will Eat itself, they were very different to Gomez. You, and actually, it's like <laughs> an, a, an earlier earlier era as well. I mean, Gomez were around two thousand or something, and we're going back to I don't know nineteen eighty six or something. Um, are we going back to nineteen eighty eight or something got, like that, Jason? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Any, anything that was in the Karate Kid, that, that kind of music was what? good for me. <laughs> you know, if you listen to Happy by Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I think we went out to the golf before uh, Tom, um, <laughs> Tom loses the will to live here. We just talk, talk about old, uh, old 1980s music. Uh, I'm sure your dad will be familiar with Ned's Atomic Dustbin anyway, Tom. So if you, I'll uh, ask if, him. If you ask him. Um, back to the golfers. Um, Jason, I believe you have another pick uh, around that sort of 50 to 1 mark, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did look at Gary Woodland just after after his effort last week, but um, he's a bit inconsistent, and he. But um, so so it was actually Taylor Gooch. Um, I, I've been hammering arm in about Gooch, and I made my mind up as I was recording and sent you that message. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure it actually got onto ours, to be honest with you. Um, no, you never and, mentioned and him. <laughs> sorry, you never mentioned him on ours. But no, yeah, because well, I have to save one for this one, don't I? Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the thing about Gooch is I have this sort of, it's not an argument, but a discussion with my WRX colleague, uh, Matt, who um, obviously believes that there's golfers that reach their ceiling and then regress to their mean. And mm. Gooch is one of his that he believes is doing that. But when you look at his body of work, over, you know, it's a lot longer than just hitting a peak of form and winning the RSM. 
You, I mean, you're 208th, I think, in the world, 218th in the world two years ago. Um, 2020, he gets top 10s at Riviera. He's obviously got top 13 here, top five at CJ, uh, fourth at Houston, which is relevant. Um, 2021, he goes top 12 at Riviera. So he repeats form. Um, he's got the tied fifth at Sawgrass. He's got the CJ Cup, top five. And then he wins at the RSM. And, and there's a progression to his form that means he sort of landed um, – no, landed 33rd, I think he's in the world or something ridiculous now. Um, and I don't believe he has. I don't believe he will regress to to a lower standard of golf. And I think these are the type of courses that, that he may well hang about a lot more than he has done in the past. Um, if we look back, although his final figures are okay for this, to be honest with you, if you look back 2020, he was actually third after halfway, hit an 80 second round to knock him back to 61st, came back. Uh, for 31st and finished 13th. 2018, so a couple of years before that, when he really wasn't the player that he is now, he was sixth going into payday. Um, he ranks... Keith Mitchell is 14th in ball striking over the last three months, according to Tour Tips. Um, Taylor Gooch is 17th. He leads the par five performances. He's top five in the par three performances, which is great here. Um, he's in the top 20-odd of T to green. Um I, I just like I, – I have to forgive Genesis, but I don't see why you can't forgive one run. You take that out. And his actual overall body of work, to use one of, of Tom's phrases, um, works for me. Um, again, I'm looking at a course where not quite – obviously nowhere near as bad as, as somebody like Bez. But his scrambling is, is excellent, Gooch, when he does miss the green. Um, and I just think he will hang about. Whereas if it gets more difficult um, – some others might not. So whilst 55 was yeah, just about in the ballpark, like you, I don't want to uh, – well, a bit like you at Puerto Rico. I don't want to go too far down the list because I don't think um, it's going to pay anything. Um, so with the likes of Russell Henley, a, a shorter price with, with you know, terrible calls from really, um, I was happy to stick with Gooch and just to see if he can keep it going for another few months. Yeah, I mean, Gooch, I've got a soft spot for Gooch here, actually, because the last time I was um, at Bay Hill, uh, and um, I'm trying to remember what year that was, 2020, I was there, uh, the um, uh, the Tyrrell Hatton year uh, before, obviously, it all, uh, it all went uh, horribly wrong with the pandemic and what have you at uh, Sawgrass, but um, I, I was there and uh, I was on Gooch for first round leader and he placed so and uh, I can't remember the exact price. I think sixty six is eighties or something like that, and uh, that basically covered my week because it went sort of downhill from there on in. But uh, so I've got a bit of a soft spot for Gooch, and and like you, I don't think he's going to be a flash in the pan and disappear. He's he's um you know I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be winning again this week or next week or what have you, but I think he's the sort of all round player who's going to be sticking around. So uh, um, no arguments from me there um tom um i believe you've got one last pick who uh um if it hadn't been for uh, uh wanting to go live forever for matt every i would have um i would have uh, been telling you to go columbia here because that's actually my favorite uh, <laughs> oasis track so uh um but uh yeah your uh, your final pick tom yeah sebastian munoz for me and i'm glad, glad you sort of made that link because that would have been an easy one for me as well but um I, I wasn't decided on Sebastian Munoz until this morning actually when i finished my odds checker article so uh live forever was already in at that point but um 39th 23rd and 21st is um past three starts 
21st at Riviera. He was 10th after 36 holes and 12th after 54 holes. Shot second round 65 at the Farmers, second round 64 at Phoenix. So he's playing well on the on the sort of Fridays. And uh, open with a 68 here last year, which is a good sign, uh, considering he missed a cut the year before. Didn't go well for the rest of the week. He finished 49th, but a decent improvement on his first effort. And uh, he's been 15th and first in his last two starts in strokes gain off the tee. Fourth and third overall in, in the last two in T to green. And I just I had a little look at the 2020 BMW Championship Olympia Fields. Um, I think it's something Andy Lack mentioned. And uh, Jason Kograk and Matt Fitzpatrick were both tied sixth there, and Rory was tied 12th. So that's obviously maybe a little bit of a correlation between that and this event. And uh, Munoz was tied eighth there, which is one of his better finishes in kind of elite fields. So uh, a bit like a striker, really. I think. I think his ball striking's largely gone unrewarded over the last maybe few weeks. I think, you know, yes, okay, he's trending in the right direction in terms of getting to the top 20. But I think all of a sudden he could have a good part of the week, especially on Bermuda, um, and, and really get himself into contention. So I thought anything north of 100 to 1 was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. Good, good shout! And uh, as I say, if we'd had Columbia on by Oasis as well, that would have uh, uh, that would have made my day. But um, uh, he's he has been, you know, I've I've noticed that he's obviously starting to trend quite nicely. So um, yeah, we we could be heading in the direction of his, his his second tour win. And we know he's a gritty character who, when he does get in in the mix, isn't afraid. So. Um, yeah, I can see your logic there. Uh, my final two picks. Um, Tom, by the way, before I re roll into my final two picks, because I know you're an incredibly busy man, um, uh, and you've got about 18 podcasts to record today. <laughs> coming up soon. Do, do you have a bit more time for us, or are you going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go. I mean, I've got something a little bit to say on, on one of your picks. So, yeah, give okay. us those last two picks, and I'll um, I'll just yeah. be late for the other one. Fair enough. That's what I like to hear. So, <laughs> so yeah, my um, my final two picks for this week is where because my regular readers and listeners will know that I always like to throw a um, a couple of longer shots in there, and, and you only need uh, one um, every now and again to to pay off. Um, you know, from an each way point of view, and obviously if you land the winner, then it's a uh, happy days. But uh, so I'm I'm going with Bo Hostler and Danny Willett, and um, Bo Hostler is a player who's started to of course show some signs again um of late that he could get to where everyone thought he was going to get to uh my worst ever beat which i uh, got to mention a few weeks back when Niall was on was uh ian poulter holding from about 25 foot to, to get into the playoff with him uh houston when uh, i was on hosser 150 to one uh that was a painful watch but um uh yeah since, since then he's obviously been back to the corn ferry and what have you or corn ferry finals and struggling to have a full card which he hasn't actually got this year i don't believe but um uh but he he, he came good uh as we know at pebble a few weeks ago and and we saw at pebble and was really impressed on the sunday he lost his way right at the beginning of the round but he fought back really well to get the third place and he showed the quality he's got which um he also showed obviously in the going back a few years but in that um um jewel with Poulter and and also when he was runner up at the Travellers as well so so he does have the pedigree that one week uh, you know it's a bit like the sort of Pat Rogers conundrum one one week it's going to yeah. click for him and he's going to land he's going to land the win uh and there's just been enough of late um uh you know obviously the the Pebble Beach being the obvious thing but at the Genesis he was good tee to green but puttered really poorly which is unlike him uh and then last week on on his way to his um I think it was 18th place or 16th place or or, or, or thereabouts 
thereabouts. Um, he um, he putted really well, and the ball striking wasn't quite there. He was sixth in putting last week at the Honda. So, so it's a case of hoping it all clicks together. Um, he's the aggressive type of player that um, uh, you know we we know performs well here, uh, and um, he has improved every year he's been here. He was twenty fourth in the tough edition in um, uh, Hatton's edition, as it were. So so we know he can grind it out here. So um, I'm happy to give him a chance at one hundred and seventy five to one. Uh, Similarly, and perhaps the, the player who leapt out to be most at the odds, you know, I'm not saying he's the most likely winner of my picks, but most sort of leapt out most at the odds to me this week, uh, was Danny Willett. And um, I thought 200 to 1 for Danny Willett. And we know he's, you know, he can be a tough man to catch right, of course, but he's a proven winner. Um, of course, you know, the Masters, obviously. Um, uh, but um, uh, he loves a par 72. Again, we've got the Masters connection that you've talked about, Tom. But his last three wins in Europe have all come on par 72s. Uh, he was um, fourth at the uh, Rocket Mortgage, which uh, links well with Bryson, who, of course, has won here. Uh, and um, although he was down in the pack, as it were, at uh, the Honda last week, uh, he was 13th tee to green, 14th off the tee, 10th greens in regulation at the Honda. So, so the ball striking was there. It's just the putting wasn't there. Uh, and um, his last two efforts in this event, uh, when, again, he's not really coming in any great kind of form, uh, 31st last year, which would have been a lot better, but for a 77 in the fourth round, uh, and 18th again in the, the tough year, Hatton's edition. So um, the bottom line is if Willett is in the mix on Sunday, he's not a 200-to-1 player, is he? Uh, you know, if he's in the mix with, I don't know, John Rahm and um, Max Homer and Jason Kokrak and Victor Hovland on a Sunday afternoon. We're not looking at Willett um, in the same way we would be looking at, um, uh, you, you know, whoever else is sat around him at 200 to one in the market this week. Um, uh, Willett would be capable of winning. So um, I'm more than happy to to, to be on board him. And um, uh, yeah, I'm happy to take the chance. Uh, Tom, over to you. you you've got a comment. Yeah. Yeah, so so for me, Bo Hostler was very close for me. Uh, I, I mentioned in my preview that the Houston Open, there was some crossover, and obviously, as you said about the heartbreak, he was second there to Ian Poulter. Um, for some reason, TPC Potomac, where he finished sixth at the Quicken Loans, kind of popped up to me. I think it might just be uh, a tedious link with Francesco Molinari winning there and, and obviously winning here. But uh, the Shriners came up for me as well um, as a kind of crossover. And... Again, it's, it's maybe just a little bit, you know, unnecessary. But Martin Laird's won both events. Rob Pampling's won both events. Bryson's won both events. Obviously, Tiger's won both events. Uh, Stuart Appleby's won the Shriners, finished second here. Nah, won and finished second at Shriners, finished second here. Sung James won the Shriners and two third place finishes here. So, to me, like just just to see those kind of finishes on top of the the decent um, showings that he's had here himself in the past, um, you know, where he shot sixty six as well. Just, you know, that US Open pedigree as a youngster. Just a couple of things like that, like tough golf courses, obviously, right up his alley, as he's shown already. I don't I don't quite know if he's got the winning upside, which is why I kind of left hmm. him out. Um, but 100, what is he, 75 to 1? 75 to 1, yeah, right. Um, he doesn't need to win, does he? No. Like, you know, as much as, you know, I'd like to say with absolute certainty every week that all of my picks uh, can win, Sometimes you are going for a place, and I don't think there's actually anything wrong with that. And, you know, top 10, top 20 would be absolutely fine for me. So I think there's a lot to like about Bo Hostler. And 
Danny Willett will always be um, in my good books after the uh, 100 to 1 Dunhill Links win. So, um, yeah, I'm never a bad thing to say about Danny Willett. Okay. Um, and I've got a tune for Danny Willett. Uh, obviously, he's a Sheffield man, so it's a chance to get the Arctic Monkeys on the pod for the first time. Uh, and um, I'm sure uh, Danny Willett goes back to Sheffield with his uh, fake tales from San Francisco when he, uh, uh, he's he been out on the PGA Tour. So, uh, to be honest, I could have picked any Arctic Monkeys song with the Sheffield link, but this is one of my favourites. Um, they're, they're a band to me who have sort of gone downhill as time's gone on I'm, i'll take that first album anytime over any of their other stuff since basically so um so my um second musical pick this week is fake tales of san francisco by the arctic monkeys uh and um yeah so we've also got puerto rico this week and uh the intention was to have a bit of a sort of form chat about puerto rico but the bookies um have been a little bit tardy as the phrase goes in uh, coming up with anything for us and uh, literally as the time we came on only one firm boiled sports had priced it up so far so i think speaking for myself and i'm sure maybe the same for you guys as well it's a little bit too soon to to really be sort of um throwing a full set of selections out there but the one name i'm gonna put in the ring which is probably uh, no great surprise to anyone who's ever listened to me, uh, is um, I'm quite happy to throw a dart at Martin Trainer this week because uh, basically he's made his last two cuts, which is um, a complete rarity for Trainer. Uh, and um, he knows how to win a golf tournament and he's won this golf tournament. And when you look at this market, I mean, I've made myself a shortlist before there was any odds and it had the likes of Peter Uline and John Ha um, on it, but um, I'm not backing Peter Uline at 25 to 1, which is what balls have got him at, and I'm not backing John Ha at 28 to 1. Uh, I will take um, Martin Trainer at 100 to 1 uh, and take a chance that Lightning can strike twice because to be honest when you go past 100 to 1 based on boils as odds anyway which appreciate is the first show um literally i mean i'll probably be proven wrong here there are a bunch of players who just can't win this golf tournament you know so you saw the carlos francos and what have you i'm not sure carlos franco is actually in the field but that's this kind of pedigree we're, we're looking at beyond the 100 to 1 so so i will throw an early dart at martin trainer and i'll post a couple more selections tomorrow via via twitter um it's a bit of chuckling going in the background a bit of either of you gents got anything uh, jason anything to add on um, puerto rico uh puerto rico um uh couple of People, um, Austin Smotherman, I really, 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 really like this. Um, top 32 to green, off the tee, around the green. Uh, top 55 in driving distance, which is going to help here. It's wide enough. I know there's crosswinds, um, but he's used to the Latino-American tour, so he's played these conditions well enough. That puts him driving distance, top 55 in PGA Tour, puts him probably about top 10 when you take most of the field out. Um, he's top 30 in 175 and 200-yard approaches. Um, uh, I know Ben was on him last week for a miles better event in Houston. Um, obviously, his teammate for Bryson, SMU, um, won the Mexican Open, he won the Nashville Open, which uh, Lanto Griffin and Ansa have taken part in in the past. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I just really, really like him. Um, I thought 41 was very fair. Um, I'm hoping for bigger, obviously. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, there, there was a reason why I went for him, and I've got a little list, and it was Ben that put this up. Everybody notices the um, relevance of Pebble Beach to previous winners. 
but there's an extraordinary amount that have finished uh, between 10th and 39th at Pebble Beach in the year. So Grace was 34th, Hovland 38th, Trainer 28th, uh, DA Points, blimey, um, 39th. Finau didn't, but Marino, who beat in a playoff, was tied 34. Checker was 34. So I, I actually thought you could narrow the field down. It might all go wrong, but somewhere between 11th and 40th and Pebble this year. Smotherman was obviously there. He was 33rd, following 11th at Torrey, which is miles better class than this. Um, I've also gone for Kadara, uh, or Kadera, however you say it. Um, yeah, you'll know him better than me, probably. And, you know, look, he's totally unpredictable, but on his best, he's right there. He also won the RBC Heritage, which Grace won and also won Puerto Rico. Uh, Badders was second at Puerto Rico and won the uh, RBC Heritage. Um, he's 15th in strokes gain total, so I think he fits perfectly in the uh, in that lot as well. Um, Tom's got a great one, uh, so I'm going to leave him alone. Uh, Nate Lashley is another one. Uh, repeats form. He's got plenty of form at the AT&T. Uh, so he's got opposite form here. He's got third at Pebble. Um, again, at his best, I think he can easily compete here. Um, and I'll just purely on a class element, I looked at David Lipsky, who was another one to finish in that. 11 to 40 at Pebble, but I've gone off him. So he'll win by six. Tom? So, so just to add in now that the – so my early price on Boyle Sports was Kurt Kitsiama at 50 to 1, uh, which is one that Jason was alluding to there. Mm. Since we've been talking, Bet365 have come out, and they came out a 30 to 1 for Kurt Kitsiama, which meant Boyle's cut theirs into 33. Mm. Um, you mentioned you didn't like Peter Uline at 25 to 1. He's now 45 to 1 mm-hmm. uh, with Bet365. Unfortunately, Smotherman remains at 40 to 1, um, but I do still like that, as Jason said. Uh, Kadira is now 60 to 1 as opposed to 40 to 1, so that might appeal uh, a bit more to Jason there as well. Um, two one to two one, Martin Trainer. No, uh, well, it could be any price, Martin Trainer. Let's have a look. He's one hundred and ten to one with Bet three six five. Five places I've seen with Bet three six five. Yes, yeah. five places indeed. Four, four um, six places. John Her unfortunately is shorter with Bet three six five, so I don't think you'll be going to him anytime soon. No. And the the complete shut your eyes, don't even look at who you're betting, just pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, Robert Garrigus fits. Uh, in the in the Pebble Beach thing that Jason just said he was 16th there, um, and Shriners or what it was called the Fries.com, he finished third in like, 2011. Um, George McNeil was one Shriners under Puerto Rico. Alex Check is one Puerto Rico and twice second at Shriners. Ryo Ishikawa second at both. Chesson Hadley's one Puerto Rico and has three top sevens at the Shriners. So bit of Shriners form in there. Robert Garrigus is 100 to one. Uh, I didn't think 2022 would come about and Robert Garrigus would leave my mouth at any point. I certainly didn't think 100 to 1 would be after it. Um, so I don't think, despite the fact I think you've got to put all prices into context, mm. I can actually bring myself to betting. But if I was a slave to my um, little trends that we sort of part between the two of us, then he would be someone that fit that. But uh, I've got to be honest, after Kurt Kitayama is now the right price at kind of 30s and 33s, which I still think is okay. Um, it's probably Chase Seifert of 50 to 1 that, that might be the standout price alongside Uline, your shout at 45 to 1. But... Yeah, I mean, Uline at 45 to 1 is certainly a lot more interesting, and that's why I was, yeah. um, you know, I, I say I'm, I'm happy to throw the dart at trainer, but uh, of course, I want to see the rest of the market and see if anyone yeah. goes bigger, bigger place terms and, and, and what have you. So I'll, I'll certainly be posting uh, some more picks tomorrow. Um, 
Jason, your final song when Smotherman comes in and you're not on him, um, you'll be looking at what you could have won. So uh, yeah. uh, tell us what you're. This is a band. I've always heard you go on you and you and Chris Lofthouse. I think he's a That's fan it. as well, isn't he? That's so, it. We met um, up in she we met up in Sheffield to watch him play. Yeah. So yeah. tell us more. Um, yeah, they're the better Arctic Monkeys of the Sheffield bands. Um, okay. Not so far at their own ass as uh, as the Arctic <laughs> Monkeys are, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, Melbourne were out before. Melbourne were, were formed um, as kids, to be uh, to be honest. Um, I heard what you could have won on the radio about, oh, my God, about 12, 13 years ago. Um, I literally couldn't stop bouncing around the kitchen, told my wife to come in and listen to this song, phoned out a, a good friend of ours as well into Indy and said, you've got to listen to this. And from then on, we travelled everywhere to see them. We went up to Leeds. I mean, we were the oldest. We were the oldest in <laughs> Gorgeous, but I mean, I was in my mid thirties, and yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who, who, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, a friend of mine, she liked, she liked a, a twenty-year-old lad, um, and uh, you know, she loved it up up there at the old cockpit, which is now shut down. We followed yeah. him everywhere. We went to see him at unis. We went to see him all around the country. They split up. My wife was due to have her uh, our first child thirteen years ago, so we couldn't go to the final gig. But like most bands, they come back because a few quid. They've come back mm. twice now, and it's been unbelievable. It's been absolutely mobbed. Sheffield, obviously, completely mobbed for them. We went up to yeah. see them at the uh, stadium, um, had a fantastic time with Reverend and the Makers, who were support. Um, we went to see their fire. Well, they're, they're continually coming back. We went to see the final tour a couple of months ago down at, uh, I probably can't remember where we were now, in London. Um, unbelievable. This is the song. Uh, to end a gig, this is the... the this is the greatest song you can end the gig with. Well, I must admit, I don't know too much about them, but um, I like this track. I haven't listened to it earlier, so I should be checking a lot more of their stuff out. And uh, uh, you're obviously their number one fan, so well, <laughs> along with Chris Lofthouse. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, but uh, one to check out, Tom, I would say. So, um, right, before I'm we... In. You, you, <laughs> I thought you'd gone, but... <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, because we are going to wrap up now, uh, just um, a quick heads up on, um, well, first of all, who we've got on next week. And, of course, it's a massive week next week. It's the Players' Championship. Uh, it's Sawgrass. And I'm delighted to say my guest will be from, well, uh, over the pond and up north into Canada because it's uh, everyone's favourite Canadian, as Kenny would say. I'm going to be joined by Tyler Tambaline from the uh, Fancy Golf Degenerate podcast and from... Um, uh, Mayo Media Network. So really looking forward to having Tyler on next week. Uh, should be um, uh, should be a great chat, and uh, I'm sure he'll be bringing some uh, uh, great music to the table as well. So um, yeah, Tyler will be joining me next week. Um, one more thing to do this week, which is of course to give the free bet away. Uh, and uh, as we know, um, every week I give a five pound free bet, um, uh, which I'll uh, place on the uh, on the exchange for whoever's um, had their song picked. Uh, basically, need to message me with a song by about seven pm on Monday evening that links either to last week's event or the upcoming event in some way, uh, and um, the winning uh, song um, wins a free bet. So uh, this week we've had um, well, we've had some 
Sep Altura suggested by Simon Miller. So uh, a bit too heavy for me, Sep Altura, to be honest, but um, a very good um, good angle. Um, we had some Beck suggested by Scott Holdridge, um, uh, linking back to a, a song called Deborah, which has a Hyundai slash Honda references in there. Um, we have You Could Be Mine got a suggestion um, from Guns N' Roses, uh, linked to the Terminator slash Arnie. Um, uh, Cold Blue Rain by Greg uh, Pet or Greg Petrie suggested Cold Blue Rain um, in honour of the rain that we had uh, uh, at the end of the event um, yesterday. Uh, Chris Lofthouse, Vienna, uh, Ultravox, obvious suggestion for uh, Sep. Uh, a couple of um, comments on uh, Daniel Berger uh, dropping... Um, uh, dropping uh, Chris Kirk in it uh, with the uh, falling tree uh, branch and uh, uh, grassing him up. So we had some super grass suggested and uh, also Rat Race by the Specials got a suggestion uh, for ratting him out. Uh, and McNulty was in with the Franz Ferdinand in honour of um, uh, uh, Sepp again with the Austrian angle. But this week I'm going to uh, give the bet to John Ireland who uh, has got one for Arnie. Uh, we're going back to the 60s from Pink Floyd and Arnold Lane. Um, I don't know if uh, there is an Arnold Lane at Bay Hill, but uh, like there's a Magnolia Lane at uh, um, at um, Augusta. But um, uh, Arnold Lane, um, it's a great song by obviously a great band, Pink Floyd, certainly when they were you know in their earlier days. So uh, John Ireland, well done. Uh, we've got Arnold Lane by Pink Floyd. So, gents, um, thank you so much for coming on. Let's have a very brief recap. Um, remind us of your um, bets, uh, Tom. I hope I took myself off mute, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> yes, I was so going to say, Tom, you're are... desperate to get away, <laughs> aren't you? <so. laughs> <laughs> Paul Casey, Keith Mitchell, Jason Kograk, and Max Homer at the 50 to 1 marks, and also Sebastian Munoz at 130 to 1 or similar. And your musical picks, your couple of musical picks. Uh, yes, so Live Forever Golf um, by Oasis. Uh, we had Semi Charm Life by uh, Three Eye Blind, and Best of You by the Foo Fighters for Jason Kograk. Perfect, uh, Jason. Your bets. Uh, bets for uh, bets for uh, yeah, wherever we are. I can't remember this week now. Yeah. Um, it's late. Um, it is late. Will's, <laughs> yeah, Will's Alatoris, uh, Mark Leishman, Paul Casey. Um, Keith Mitchell and Taylor Gooch over there. Okay, and your um, musical picks? Uh, they were a uh, rough song by Beach House and What You Could Have Won by uh, Milburn. Marvellous. Uh, and me, from a betting point of view, this is the bit where I always forget who I've backed and what musical songs I've picked. But uh, uh, I'm with you on the Keith Mitchell, uh, at 40 to 1. Uh, Christian Bezadenhut, there was 55s earlier. Uh, Chris Kirk at 66s. Uh, Bo Hostler at 175s. And um, Danny Willett, who I think is cracking value uh, at 200 to 1, uh, all each way, obviously. Uh, my two musical selections which um, I'm gradually getting out of my system, feel the pain from uh, uh, last night. So Dinosaur Junior uh, and my second musical pick um, was Fake Tales of San Francisco in honour of the um, Arctic Monkeys. Uh, and then obviously the listener pick is John Ireland's uh, with um, his Pink Floyd selection and Arnold Lane. Um, 
gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Tom, uh, you've probably not got another half an hour to spare, but uh, tell us where everyone can find you. That's your point. So I'm on the, the Lost Words podcast. I do uh, with, with Jason. You've obviously been our guest as well. Uh, Bradley Todd is now uh, a part of the team there as well. Um, and I'm also, you can now find me on Odds Checker. Uh, weekly, although that may be subject to change uh, in the coming weeks. So, um, but generally speaking, uh, it's the Lost Words podcast. Marvelous. And um, Jason, yeah, I, I do the Lost Words podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> and also write for Golf WRX over in America. Um, do the props bets for the American. Do the European Tour preview and some other nonsense during the week. Marvellous. Uh, and myself, obviously, I'm Martin Matthews. Um, you can find me at Sundog Monkey on Twitter. Uh, you can find me um, on a Sunday morning uh, doing the final round preview for Sporting Life uh, of the PGA Tour events. And of course, you can find me here on the Golf Alternative podcast uh, every week. So um, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Uh, gentlemen, Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're both very busy. Monday's a very busy evening for you, but it's been a blast to have you both on. Uh, Tom, I'm impressed by your music um, selection. <laughs> uh, Jason, you, I knew I was going to be impressed by your music, obviously. Um, and um, yeah, it's been another cracking pod. So um, good luck, guys. Um, good luck, everyone, this week. Win some money, hopefully. And don't forget to turn the music up loud. And I'll see you all next week for the Players' Championship. Good night. Thanks, Thanks Martin. Martin. Thank Cheers. you, Martin. Excellent. Cheers.